All right, welcome to Back Chat, where we talk about the background and backstories of our worship and community as Lutherans. Let us introduce ourselves. I'm Pastor Dan Smale, Senior Pastor here at Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Glenshaw. And I am Wendy Ferrone, a member here at Bethlehem and producer of the podcast. The topic for today is Lent. It's more than giving up chocolate. Well, here we are approaching the Lenten season, and I've heard rumblings among friends and even at the office about folks and what they're giving up for Lent. Well, I gave up that effort years ago, right out the door with a New Year's resolution, mainly because it just doesn't stick. Um, if I'm lucky, I made it a week. <laughs> that's, on, that's on a good, good, good for week. you, Wendy. That's a good week. <laughs> I'm thinking there is much more to Lent than giving up chocolate or promising to exercise three days a week. You may have some background knowledge missing about this topic as well. So Pastor Dan and I will attempt to fill in some of those missing pieces for you during this podcast about the season of Lent. Perfect. So Pastor Dan, let's start with building some basic background, because that's what we do here on this podcast. Tell us what Lent is. Lent actually comes from an old, old word that means spring, but this is a wonderful season tucked in between the season of Epiphany and Easter. And it really is a season of preparation where we kind of get our hearts and our minds ready to celebrate the Easter season with as much meaning as we possibly can. So how do we do that? I mean, it seems like it's a long time. So is there specific things we're supposed to do to prepare? Absolutely. That's a great question. And there are Three traditional disciplines of Lent, sometimes we call those pillars of Lent, they are almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. But you don't have to do them necessarily in that order. (laughs) That's a good thing. Um, I'm already questioning fasting, but um, let's break those down a little bit. I get prayer. That was our first podcast. So if you are a listener and didn't get to the prayer one, you may want to go onto the website and take a peek at that one. But is there a special type of prayer that relates to Lent? Not necessarily. Okay. I think really more than anything, it comes down to time. So if you do a morning devotion, Mm -hmm. maybe in the season of Lent, do an evening devotion. Take some time at the end of the day. Maybe you want to start with the bare basics. Maybe your family doesn't say grace before supper time. This is the perfect season to start that practice. Mm. 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds opens up a little space during the day for us to encounter our God and remind ourselves just how ever-present God's goodness is in our lives. So you said devotion. What's the difference between a devotion and a prayer? Well, what's the difference? I think the prayer is a moment of communication. Devotion gives us some time for reflection. Typically, a devotion is going to give you a little bit of material to think about, a little Mm -hmm. illustration, some kind of prompt that's going to get you thinking about how God is active in your life and in the world. Almsgiving, that's a weird word. Um, What are alms, A-L-M? M-S. And um, what is it that we're giving? Alms are money, food, kind gestures offered to the poor. Almsgiving involves giving to others as an act of virtue, either materially or in the sense of providing capabilities that are free to others. It exists in a number of religions all around the world. This is the heart and soul of lots of different world religions. So in this way, it's a cool opportunity to talk about ecumenism and interfaith dialogue, but really and truly, almsgiving is our chance to say, here's what I have, it's extra, 
here's what I can give to my neighbor to help them along in their journey. And it doesn't have to come with any kind of spiritual strings attached. It's just giving out of the goodness of our heart. I always envision when I hear that word, word alms, um, this old raggedy man humped over alms for the poor. Right, this is what, <laughs> and right, and sure, same word, yeah. same context, yeah. absolutely. Good, good, good. All right, fasting. I imagine that it's more than just not eating. What's the purpose of fasting and what type of fasting should we do? I mean, I'm thinking that's probably where that idea of giving up chocolate for Lent is all about, but there's got to be more to it than that. You're exactly right. And I think even if you want to give up chocolate for Lent, if you understand why you're giving up chocolate for Lent. Okay, why am I giving up chocolate for Lent? Kudos (laughs) to you. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. If chocolate is really, really important to you or for you, and you find yourself reaching into the candy dish three and four times a day to get by, give up chocolate. You have one on your desk. I do, but it's not for me. It's It's for the kids, I promise. I'm never reaching in there. (laughs) At any rate, um, this is a perfect opportunity when you go to reach for that chocolate for you to say, I'm not doing that right now. Hmm. And as soon as you let that thing go, all of a sudden you have some space opening up in your life in the course of your day wherein God can enter in. So it's not just for the sake of sacrifice itself so that you can get to the end of Lent and say, wow, look what I accomplished. I don't need this stuff anymore. There's a certain, you know, thing to celebrate there for sure. But the truth of the matter is it's about reconnecting with the divine. In fact, that's the refrain we hear over and over again throughout the season of Lent. In hymnody, in confessions, in scripture, return to the Lord your God. And so when we fast, we create space in Mm -hmm. the course of our day over these 40 days to return to the Lord our God, to pay attention to that. If you have a hunger pang, you You, think, oh, I should be thinking about God right now. Is that like a little signal or when you're hankering for chocolate and you go to reach to it, you think, oh, no, that's just a reminder to connect to God. Exactly. And it also can be, it Mm -hmm. also can be in some traditions, a reminder of the ways in which our God has given things up for us. Okay. What well, does that mean, right? Yeah, I know. You have I, know. That look I have on a lot of questions. That the listeners can't see. So that's great. It means even in the context of the incarnation, Christ comes into the world. God becomes human. Now, we believe Jesus, Jesus. was fully human and mm-hmm. fully divine. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, God comes into our world to walk in this place with us, right? Mm-hmm. That's not mm-hmm. something historically, traditionally, other gods from these other traditions have done. This is something that's distinctively Christian. On the cross, we see God emptying God's self. We hear that beautiful hymn in Philippians 2 about Christ emptying himself. So we also can be made mindful of the ways in which our God continues to give to us through Christ, through the Spirit, through community. Through his word. Absolutely. Yeah, that's Bible study and Mm -hmm. prayer and all those things. Oh, now I've got 18 more questions. It's okay. All right, we'll so. Get them, we'll get them next time. We sit <laughs> we'll down get them next time. Yeah. All right, this year Lent starts on February 14th, and we call that Ash Wednesday, and it goes to March 28th, and it covers 40 days. But in my research for the podcast, I understand that Lutherans don't count Sundays within that 40-day count. Okay, there's a lot we can unpack there. Well, I think Lutherans are all about grace. Yeah, yeah. so if you have bad bad at math. It's good to have a feast day in there every once in a while. Sundays are considered feast days where we can break the fast. Okay. So there you go. 
You can reach into the, to- the, the chocolate, chocolate dish and sweet. get what you need. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. But that's why the, the math doesn't quite Okay. And, and Sundays are a day of celebration. And during the Lenten season, it's a solemn time of preparation. So mm-hmm. we've kind of broken the, the vibe there mm-hmm. on Sundays. Mm-hmm. All right, good. So veering off topic just a second. 40 days seems to be mentioned an awful lot in the Bible. Right, Noah, this 40 days, 40 nights, Yes. 40 days in the wilderness, there's a lot of 40s. Is there significance to that? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> yeah, there's significance. You're going to, and you, you named all the big examples, okay, right? Okay, good, good. And besides maybe, you know, Jesus' temptation in the wilderness, which we're going to get to in a second. But you're right, Wendy. It just seems like as you read through Scripture, whether it's 40 days or 40 years in the mm-hmm. wilderness, mm-hmm. 40 seems to be the number that's just right. That's the perfect amount of time that's necessary to prepare the people of God for the next big thing. Thing. It's this season. 40, it's this season of getting our hearts and our minds ready to receive God in a new way and be renewed ourselves. You mentioned that during this 40 days, Jesus was tempted by Satan. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the backstory around that period of time? Like, why was, why did Jesus need to be tempted in the first place? And what what was the point? What What's that going to prove? That's a great question. And I don't know that I can get to the bottom of it, but I can say it's a fascinating moment in Scripture. Because after Jesus is baptized, we hear how pleased God is with God's mm-hmm, Son. Right. And then Jesus heads out into the wilderness. And some people say, well, why? Why did he do that? The scripture seems to indicate the reason Jesus did that is because he was driven into the wilderness to be tempted. And you'll never guess by whom? The spirit. But I don't understand why he had to be, why would he have to be tested? I don't know. I don't know if Jesus had to be tested or if Jesus was tempted for our sake. Because Mm -hmm. as we see Jesus go through this time, the first thing we see is that even Jesus takes some time for preparation. Mm -hmm. We know that right after his baptism, he begins his ministry. Yes. Except for this little bit of time. Right. Where Jesus takes some time to go into the wilderness to be tempted, but also to have this solitude, I think, where he can really sort of discern where the ministry's headed and what it is that he has to accomplish and still himself for that time. So the temptation, sure, it's a test, but it's also this opportunity for Jesus to show that he has what it takes to redeem creation. I'm reflecting on that thinking. The temptation is, uh, are you really up for the job? I mean, can you handle it? And going through those temptations assured that he indeed was. Absolutely. And if you see those temptations, if you take the time to unpack them, Mm -hmm. they're really interesting. One, for instance, pretty clearly indicates that it's about seeing whether or not Jesus is going to use his power to serve himself. Clearly Mm -hmm. he doesn't. Mm -hmm. So those moments in which Jesus is tempted, right, he has the capacity to see himself through this moment. That kind of presence of mind, that kind of Mm -hmm. blessing is present throughout his life. So that he can go all the way through this ministry, continually serving others, all the way up until the end, 
where he makes this ultimate uh, gift on our behalf mm -hmm. in the cross and the resurrection. No matter how tough it is. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't eaten in 40 days. Correct. And the first temptation is, or maybe it's not the first, but yeah. bread comes along. Mm -hmm. you know? mm -hmm. Turn go, the stones go to ahead, bread. Go ahead and go eat. Ahead. What's the big deal, it's right? It's a big deal, yeah. yeah. And I think that so. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are going through, and it's Wednesday, and you're hungry, and you might hear a little voice that says, eat that chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it was, it was said on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> it went till Wednesday. <laughs> Next, we mentioned um, Ash Wednesday. We talked about that. I understand that Ash Wednesday is the first day of the 40. Um, we have an interesting worship service on Ash Wednesday. Yeah, a really powerful worship service. Very meaningful time. Yeah. yeah. You put ashes on our forehead and you say something about 200 times. Uh, what is it that you say? Remember that you are dust, and to mm -hmm. dust you shall return. All right, and that means, it kind of sounds like a downer phrase. Wait, what's that mean? Well, it can be a downer phrase, or it could be a pretty hip phase. I mean, I remember a couple years ago, YOLO was real big. You ever hear about YOLO? You only live once. once. And that wasn't a downer phrase. That no, was essentially a, a phrase that said, go for it. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's what's going on. Sure, it's a very serious service, mm -hmm. but when you hear that, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. It's a reminder that our days in this earthly kingdom are numbered. Mm -hmm. We are not going to be here forever. And to live them to the fullest, right? Amen. Yeah. So it really is that carpe diem, seize the day mm -hmm. kind of thing. Mm -hmm. We have been blessed with the power of the Spirit. We have the capacity to determine our legacy. Mm -hmm. Let's get after it. There's a gospel to be served. And it's a wonderful reminder, right? Because you can get lulled into routine pretty easily. And I've yeah. heard said in the past that routine is the enemy. And routine is the enemy. Because it, it enables us to kind of just get by and yeah. get done without stretching ourselves. And, you know, I don't. I, when I get into a routine, I'm just doing things. I forget the how grateful I am I have these routine things to do. Yeah. I have to sweep the floor again. Well, thank goodness I have a floor Amen. and a house and a roof and... You know, this gratitude. And once you get that handled, you see how much more is out there. Yeah. And I think that's the same thing relative to faith. Mm -hmm. We do our thing. We're comfortable with that thing. But what might the Lord be calling us to? Right. What would these 40 days be preparing us for? What's mm -hmm. the next step for us as we take this journey of faith? We come forward and you put your thumb in this little pot mm -hmm. and you put ashes on her forehead so where do you get the ashes is like like an amazon site or an etsy site where somebody's making the ashes you probably could get them from amazon you, you think yeah you I probably I'd, I'd have to I'll check. check yeah and, and thank you to amazon for sponsoring no i'm just kidding <laughs> however, yeah, however traditionally you took the palms from the previous palm sunday because everybody has those laying around, you got right? It. Yeah. So you take those leftover palms okay. and you burn them up. And then the ashes that are left from those palms, you grind them and you get them to an appropriate sort of consistency. And then you can use those as your ashes for the okay. next Ash Wednesday. Okay. Or, or you could just go to a church supply company hmm. and get prefabbed ashes. There's yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that okay. either. And typically, the professionally done ashes are a little bit better than... The backyard ashes that we're sure. trying to pull off ourselves, yeah. All right, so what if the uh, what if you get a little artsy and I've got this big black sooty cross on my right. forehead and I have to go back to work? Is it okay to wipe it off? I think you should, you know, recognize that I'm doing my best. 
<laughs> just don't be the first in line. <laughs> yeah. You can wipe it off. I mean, okay. if, this is really about your personal piety, your personal spirituality. Mm-hmm. So if that reminder in that moment is sufficient for you, that gives you the chance to say, yes, this is a time where I need to reorganize my life spiritually and yeah. think about what I'm up to and what God is calling me to. Mm-hmm. And you can do that and race to the bathroom and wash that off. Okay. God bless you. That's okay. okay. Nothing wrong with that at all. Or on the other end of the spectrum, if you're one of those people that appreciate the opportunity to have that cross on your forehead all day at work mm-hmm. and you're completely comfortable with folks asking you, what's that all about? Mm -hmm. When did you have your ashes? Where were they? Where do you go to church? That also is just fine. It really is up to you and where your spirit is at on that particular day. All right. Very good. So why do we gather? I know on Wednesdays, I think this is a common practice, not just here, to gather and eat and have a worship on Wednesdays. Um, Isn't this supposed to be a solemn time where we fast? Why are we gathering to eat? Great question. The meals are supposed to be a little bit more meager. So you'll notice we have a salad night or a soup night. So it's not the full-blown catered four-course meal. So in that respect, we do try to be respectful of the season and keep ourselves mindful of what we're up to. Those Wednesday evening services are the perfect opportunity. If you're having problems fitting in that extra devotional time, No worries, right? Mm -hmm. Because the church is going to provide that for you. Not only will they provide the service, we have that midweek service, which includes prayer, Mm -hmm. study, worship song, but the fellowship beforehand also enables us to be accountable to the community, to the whole people of God as we come together and talk about where we are. How is our week? How are things going? How are preparations for Easter coming? So it's a great time to be together. And what I appreciate about that is I like to work in the kitchen because if you if you really want to know people, you work with them. And so you just get down there and wash dishes. The conversation gets light and you really get to know people. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's easy. I think that's important to say, too, because it's easy to sit down each and every week with our four or five friends. But that typically doesn't happen. Keep an eye on that this year. Mm -hmm. You'll see folks kind of float around. And renew old relationships or make new relationships. And that's a gift in terms of building a strong community. That time Mm -hmm. together where we get to expand our sort of repertoire of friends Mm -hmm. is a blessing to everybody. And folks from the Saturday service and the 830 service, the the 1030 folks don't often see, all come on Wednesday. You got it. There's only one midweek service. That's good. Yeah. I'm wondering if there's some kind of uh, piece of trivia or interesting fact about Lent that I didn't question you about that you think most of us wouldn't know that you could share with us. That's a good question. I don't, you know, I don't know that there's any mysterious piece of trivia, but I would remind people of the end of Lent and just how important Holy Week really is. Okay, so Holy Week, we have... Um, the final bracket you for got Lent it. Madness. The All right. final bracket That's of on Lent the Wednesday. Madness. Make sure you have your picks in by then. <laughs> yeah, you'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Wednesday before Monday, Thursday. So what accounts for Holy Week? What days are involved in that? Our Holy Week begins on Monday, Thursday. Okay. Technically, I guess you could say it begins on Palm Sunday, the Sunday of the Passion. But okay. we truly, in the week, we begin on Thursday night. And we have several services throughout the day, actually. But on Maundy Thursday, Maundy 
sometimes the confirmation kids say Monday, Thursday. It really <laughs> isn't Monday, Thursday. It's right. not two days of the week. It's Monday, Thursday. Okay. Monday comes from the word mandatum, which means command. It's command Thursday. Okay. And we call it command Thursday because this is the day where Jesus gives us a great love command to love our neighbor hmm. and also commands us to wash one another's feet. That's tucked away in the liturgy hmm. that day. And also commands us to remember him as we celebrate the sacrament of the altar in the bread and the wine. So that wow. is Maundy Thursday. And yeah. for us, it's a really powerful day because that's when we have our young people receive their first Holy Communion. Nice. They're yeah. living into the tradition in that moment. Uh, Good Friday comes, again, several different services, but that's the day we remember the cross. Again, mm -hmm. very, very important day. I know people shy away from that because it can be a little bit intense, and you talked earlier about... The, little the, downer. Yeah, the downers. But, but this is a time when we have to be honest about the struggle that's mm -hmm. present in our world. Mm -hmm. uh, faith and life in general, it's not all sunshine and daisies. Well, and if you think it is, then uh, if you think everything's perfect, then you wouldn't really need faith. I mean, the idea is is that life's going to happen anyway, and that it, nobody guaranteed it was going to be beautiful and and um, perfect. Life happens, and so you turn to God in good times and bad times, and just because. Exactly, and yeah. and you see on Good Friday mm -hmm. this awesome God that is willing to share with us in those challenges, yeah. all the way, to share with us in those the most difficult times. We have a God that will walk with us. Yes. That's what's unfolding on Good Friday. So never that's, alone. You're never alone. Amen. And so that's a yeah. really important day to be together. Mm -hmm. Then we have Holy Saturday, where we have the Easter Vigil Service, one of the most beautiful services of the whole year. It We get a nice crowd, but nothing like Sunday. Yeah. I wish we would, because it's on that day that we sort of have the field trip worship service where we start in one portion of the church, move to another, and then end up in the sanctuary. Sure. We sure. throw the doors open, yeah. turn on all the lights, yeah. we crank up the organ. It's absolutely gorgeous, it filled is. with lilies and flowers and yeah. banners and color. And that's the beginning of the big celebration at yeah. the end of that Easter vigil. And it sets I mean, up the next morning beautifully. So I remember, I've, only, I've been here for about a year and a half, and I remember... Um, emailing you saying, I have never been to church four days in a row in my life. And I did, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And it was incredible. It's a wonderful journey. I hope people take advantage of it. It's that. a lot of time. And as, honestly, you know, if you have a family and got other activities mm -hmm. going, I get it, I yeah. understand. We'll never pressure anybody. But if you do have the time and you're looking to have a really powerful encounter mm -hmm. with worship, with liturgy, yeah. with God and with the people of God, Try to make it those four days, and you'll see that progression unfold. And it's it is it's it's life changing. It is. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you, Pastor Dan, for giving us some background so that we can appreciate this Lenten season as it is intended. I'm glad I don't have to give up chocolate. You don't. You Good. Do not have that's to give awesome. Up junk, okay, yeah. but I will get closer to God, and I suppose that's the point. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. The topic for our next podcast is the Bible by design, and I can't wait to pick your brain on that topic, Pastor. I look forward to it. I look forward to it. <laughs> so send a question that you would like me and to ask the pastor about the Bible at, we have a new email address, our own email address, media at belc.org. I guess we're moving on up, right? Absolutely. All send right. us your comments, your questions. 
ideas for topics for discussion. Also consider joining us for worship each and every weekend, Saturday evening at 6, Sunday morning at 8 and 10.30, always Sunday school in between at 9.15. And beginning on Ash Wednesday, we have midweek services. Our Ash Wednesday service is at 7.30. The rest of Lent service begins at 7. And we have dinner prior to that. Dinner prior to that. A light dinner. But delicious. But delicious. Light, but delicious. (laughs) That's right. Great taste and less filling. There you go. There you go. (laughs) God bless, guys. We'll see you in church. Thanks so much.